Well, playing trio has obviously been a huge thing for me. I mean, right from the very beginning, the trio has been a deal for me. I, this, and when I say the beginning, I'm talking about the very beginning. Uh, you know, the kind of the first jazz group I was in was uh, two other high school or junior high school kids and me. This would have been seventh grade. We had the New Sounds Trio. That was Kevin Clements on bass and Drew Rahaner on drums. And, uh, you know... We were, you know, like copying, you know, Wes Montgomery and Kenny Burrell and Jim Hall stuff, you know, trying to emulate those things. And, you know, guitar, bass and drums has always been just kind of a fascinating environment for me. And certainly, you know, when it came time for me to do my first record, there was a reason why it was a trio record. That line is probably the most consistent thing about my life as a musician is that there's almost always been some kind of trio thing either going on or just about to go on or just finished up or something like that. By the time, you know, it got to be the late 90s, I had had a couple significant trio adventures. Um, the first one, of course, as I mentioned, was the, the original band that uh, was on my first record, the trio with Jaco Pistorius on bass, um, Bob Moses on drums, which was the Bright Size Life album, and all the playing that we did that surrounded that, which went on for several years before and a year or so after, a few years Later, after that, Charlie Hayden and Billy Higgins and I had a trio that was very active. We played all over the place for, again, a period of a few years. And then a few years after that was the trio with Dave Holland and Roy Haynes, which uh, made the record Question and Answer, also a very active touring band. Um, and about 10 years went by, and uh, I hadn't been doing much trio playing at all. The PMG thing was very active in that time. I did the Secret Story album, which took up a huge amount of time. Played a lot with lots of other people, John Schofield, Josh Redman, um, and so forth. And um, had really been admiring Larry Grenadier for lots of years. Uh, I had the chance to play with him when he first kind of came on the scene with Gary Burton in a special concert, and I was like, hmm, that guy can really play. And then I, I sort of followed his emergence through his playing with Brad Meldow, and he just kind of became one of my favorite bass players ever for through his, his work with Brad. And um, Bill and I had played together on the project with John Schofield, and Bill just... Uh, is a dream. He he's in a lot of ways the ideal drummer to play with for me. He he listens. He's got this incredible groove. He's got this amazing sound. He's got like the ability to play solos that you know rival any piano player or saxophone player or trumpet player or guitar player. I mean, he can play the melody of the tunes and then you know play choruses on them, and you always know what song he's playing and what's going on. I mean. He's just an absolute 
masterful improviser. And both Larry and Bill had expressed to me that they love playing together, you know, because I had talked with both of them about, you know, it'd be fun to do something. I was kind of itching to do another trio thing. And they sort of picked each other. They said, you know, I remember Larry saying, well, you've been playing with Bill a lot, you know, with John. And uh, and I remember just flat out asking Bill, like, who's your favorite bass player to play with or one of your favorites? He said, Larry. So it just was like, okay, you know what? Let's do it. So we, we booked some gigs and uh, began what was a very uh, expansive period of time of trio playing for me maybe the most time that i've spent touring around the world in a particular trio was with larry and bill and in fact it was so expansive that we really wound up needing to make a live record which then became the the trio live album which covered what we did on the record but went much much further uh you know there's stuff on that record that is um as evolved from the original concept of what that trio started to be as I can imagine it getting. different kind of trio than anything I'd had up up to that point in that with those guys I could play kind of anything they could play Lone Jack you know from the group they could play James they could play Bright Size Life but we could also play Ornette tunes and we could play um, standards we could play slow we could play really really fast we could play free you know we could kind of do anything and and prior to that the, the trios that I had were very specific. I mean, the, the trio with with Dave and Roy was really built around Roy's thing and what you know what Roy is great at, and there's certainly plenty to talk about there. And the the trio with Charlie and Billy was really built around you know their particular thing and and what that was. And the and and the trio with Jocko even to a, a very large extent was sort of built around those compositions and that period of time and you know a lot of even eighth note kind of stuff and you know everything that bright size life was the trio with bill and larry could be all of those things and a whole bunch of other things you know their sort of intrinsic versatility defined what that band was all about Grenadier. Pat is the perfect musician in the sense that he has everything together musically, of course, uh, but above and beyond that, he's 
super in the moment. Uh, he's listening to what's going on around him and very reactive. Uh, so that's kind of one of those things that I look for in a musician and that makes a night enjoyable. So um, he's got that, uh, he's got an extreme uh, melodic sense to his solos where it feels very rooted. You hear the past in his playing, but it's completely contemporary. What he's playing would only be happening right now in this moment of time. So, um, you know, that's very refreshing and gives you inspiration to play with. But, uh, you know, the compositional thing, though, has an effect too because, you know, he's written so many great tunes. There's so much meat to them that uh, you can play them over and over and never get tired of them. But I think the same musicality that informs his compositions is the same thing that I really enjoy about his improvising. It's very uh, complete, very uh, well-rounded, but off the cuff. So he's, he's got both things going on. Stewart. One thing about Pat is he really is good at putting together like the music in a in a order, like programming order, for instance, that really works well. He he really he really thinks a lot about that, like oh, how are we going to start, and then what's going to follow that, and he really thinks about like pacing a performance. And a lot of a lot of great musicians don't think much about that. They might play really well, but they don't they don't think much about how to present the music, and, and Pat does, and, and that's uh, one thing that uh, helps with the audiences. Because they're not, you know, some of them are diehard jazz fans, and some of them are on the edge where they need to be pulled in, and he, he, he thinks about that. And uh, otherwise, I mean, Pat is always, uh, I mean, the, the, the performance is the most important thing. The performance that day, he, he really puts a lot of energy into it. Do, doing as much as he can, uh, to make sure it goes well and you know we we would go do sound checks but Pat would stay for you know three hours and play his guitars and practice and and uh, you know he's, he's he's always always thinking about how to make it you know even better so that that would be one thing I mean the other thing that uh, I learned about Pat or and learned from Pat is just I think his songwriting ability he's a you know excellent songwriter uh, and I do think of him as a songwriter who thinks very, you know, melodically and all the voice leading is always very strong and the structure is very strong and, and some of the tunes have a, uh, an almost uh, inevitable feeling to them, which is nice. Thank you. 
that was a band that uh, was just, I just couldn't wait to get on the bandstand with them every night. They played so consistently well together. I don't think either one of them ever had a bad night. They both just show up to play every night. There was no drama, no showbiz, no uh, nothing except music. And um, that is kind of an X factor for me because I love playing with all kinds of different musicians. But I have to admit, when I get the sense of a sort of work ethic of like, okay, you know, I'm going to make sure that every night is 100%, I recognize that you know in people because I'm a little bit like that you know myself I really you know I warm up for hours before every gig and I really do everything I can do to make sure that I'm gonna offer my best each night and Larry's like that I mean he's such a conscientious guy he really works on the music and um, you know really gets it together and Bill is one of those guys too that he just cannot go below a certain level it's just kind of like impossible for him personally to accept anything you know that's that's not swinging and it doesn't add up you know in terms of development and ideas and so forth you know he just really takes it all very seriously as does Larry and that trio was a, a you know one of the most fun periods I, I've had as a musician <laughs> 